Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into episode number 608 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's KB coming at you from Underground Studios and back for a second week in a row. The man, the myth, the legend. It Mr. is. Mr. Harry Ape himself, Dom Ponteri. There it is. The Dom lighter flick. AK. It's got to be It's got to be so bad that I do this every Wednesday, right? Like, <laughs> we're getting to age. We're getting too old for this, Kyle. Some people would say this is an issue. Don't remind us. <laughs> Some people would say I have a problem. Others would say you're just having a little treat. Yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> However you want to, if, if you want to call it a treat. We uh we got a fun one on deck. We'll talk some birds. The Philly City Connect uniforms allegedly leaked on eBay of all places. eBay. Um, and then uh, we'll talk some Sixers and a fun debate that has been circulating around our personal uh, Facebook timelines regarding a certain Vineland athlete that we both I was gonna have say love and respect for. Yeah. Um, but some people are just a little crazy. So we'll talk about that as well. But before we get into all of it, make sure you're following us on the socials at Underground PHI. Twitter, Instagram, where we just cracked over a thousand followers because we had a video go viral, which has been absolutely insane. Keep following us over there. Uh, you can follow us on TikTok, oh, Threads. Like Sorry. <laughs> oh, you're good. <laughs> and of course, uh, Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI. You can follow Dom on Twitter at a Harry Ape FUT. And you can follow me at KBICZL311. This is perfect. This is just kitchen DM content right here. Listen, listen, this is this is the reality. This is real exactly. podcast. This is right life. Here. It's the podcast mukbang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, check it out. <laughs> uh yeah, follow us on the socials, and then, of course, subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review. It really does help the show continue to grow, helps more people find Underground Sports Philadelphia, all of our shows on the network, including Top Bins that has been firmly entrenched in the Greece soccer charts for, like, two months. Um, so go continue subscribing, follow, and subscribe to all of our shows. And subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's where you get this show twice a week, full video episodes of every show on our network, clips, shorts, live streams, original video content. It's all on our YouTube channel. We're at 731 subscribers right now. Let's get to 800. Let's keep it pushing as we uh, push forward towards 1,000. And then, of course, we're on that that plaque hunt for 100K. Um so go subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. 
And this show is presented by the City of Vineland. And the City of Vineland Municipal Calendar features city-organized, city-sponsored, and city-affiliated events that are of public interest. The calendar, which is accessible at vinelandcity.org, is a good way for residents and visitors to build awareness, remain engaged with city government, and participate in local events. You can also follow the City of Vineland on social media via their Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube pages. And through these tools, you can stay connected to the community and get important announcements about programs and services offered by the city. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always a growing season. And big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. Dom, I was uh, scourging around the internet. Shout out to Sean Bernard and our guy Stephen McAvoy hopped on because we weren't sure if you were going to be back. You were out doing a little car shopping. Uh, yeah. When I was recording with Steve, we were trying to put the odds on what type of car you were looking at slash trying to purchase. Uh, so I said I'd get down to the investigation process here. What What's the, the mindset on the vehicle shopping? Um, well, it's not for me. Monica. Which I did mention. Car. I it, yes. it was for Monica. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, Monica and I got married in the beginning of December. You know, we're starting our life together. And uh, we're starting our lives as husband and wife. I mean, we've been spending, you know, the last few years in a relationship. But, uh, you know, obviously one of our goals, you know, as a married couple is to eventually expand our family and have kids. So uh, Monica wants to move on to a slightly larger car, uh, perhaps a crossover, if you will. Um, don't want to go full SUV, uh, but needs a little bit more space, you know. So, uh I'm curious, what did you guys kind of go into this pool on? I can't reveal without knowing what you guys bet on. So we narrowed it down to those exact uh, like frameworks, knowing that you guys eventually want to have kids and, and being able to. Oh, also really? You guys, have... you guys went in depth, huh? We, we nailed all the spots here. <laughs> and although you got married in December, we did off the bat eliminate the December to remember sales event. So Lexus was off the board. <laughs> we're, though, we're both teachers. There's no way the Lexus even is though, happening anyway. <laughs> even though this past December was a December to remember event for you. Um, so we did narrow it down. Uh, the most specific we got was the honda crv mm, okay and then we also said the uh the rav4 was in the mix okay. um but we did narrow it down to brand wise honda toyota and i forget what the third one was that steve brought up but it was down to three and those were kind of like the two that stood out well we did look at Toyotas. Monica has a Toyota. She uh, has always dealt with Toyota of Runnymede. So, hey, if they want to sponsor uh, Top Bins or this show, listen, listen, we are available. Um, we were looking at not the Rav Four, the slightly less expensive Toyota Corolla Cross Hybrid. I should have thought of that. Very popular car right now. However. Did not go with Toyota. Uh, Toyota had some crazy interest rates. Let me tell you, the car interest rates right now, like what everybody's talking crazy. about houses, it's the same thing with cars. It's like yep. crazy to buy a car right now. Uh, but we did find out today or yesterday that Mazda 
was having a 0% APR for 60 to 63 months deal that ended today, the day of recording, January 31st, 2024. So we decided to go down there. We decided to take a look at the cars that were being offered on that. uh, And it was the Mazda CX-30 crossover, the premium trim, which is pretty cool. uh, And Monica... Signed her name and her life away. So Look at that. Uh, there will be a brand new 2024 black on black Mazda CX-30. Zoom, Pont- zoom, am I right? The, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the Ponteri household has a new car. Look at that. Mazda I'm, coming I in from I can't the lie. clouds. I'm a little jealous. I still got... <laughs> This June, I'm still two years on my car payment, and then I want to <laughs> enjoy not having a car payment for a little bit because I'm right. seeing what it's like for these cars right now. And it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. There it is. Mazda gets the dub. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, I will relay that to Steve, and he's going to be blown away that one of the underdogs came through. Wasn't yeah. even on the board. I don't even yeah. know what the odds would have been. Yeah. telling you, Mazda wasn't even thought of. That's crazy. Look at that. Zoom, zoom, all the way into a new car. <laughs> um, we'll kick things off with the birds. It's brought to you by our awesome merch partners at PHI Apparel Company. And just like Monica just got a new car, you can find yourself in some new threads from PHI Apparel Company. And, uh, you know, it's still peak hoodie season, although we have gotten through the darkest days of the year. We we have come out on the other side. The sun's going to be out a little bit longer. We're that much closer. Woo! Love that. Sunshine. Uh, PHI Apparel Company's got you covered from hoodies and T-shirts <clears> for all your favorite sports teams in the Philadelphia uh, sports fandom. And, of course, your favorite podcast because Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast merch is exclusively available at PHI Apparel Company. And uh, it's are easily the most comfortable hoodie I own. Some great shirts. They've got awesome merch uh, that you should 100% be hooking yourself up with. Go to phiapparel.co, and when you go to checkout, use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off your merch orders. Most effective and direct way to support everything we're doing here and uh, allows us to do more dope stuff with and for you guys. We've got a merch challenge going on with OTB because uh, we're going to be down a championship series, and we said if you prove that you're subscribed to the pod and you're wearing OTB merch, we're going to hook you up in some sort of way down at Champ Series in Virginia, myself and DJ. So... Get your merch now. Code Underground, 10% off your orders. Uh, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith were on Kay Adams' show this morning up in Adams. And she, of course, had to ask A.J. Brown about the absolutely ridiculous, hypothetical sports radio poll that was put out yesterday. And I do want to say, the person who put the, the question and the topic out there, I do have a great appreciation for it. It was Jack Fritz. Uh, but I do have to say, Jack, you're better than this, um, <laughs> where he put out, would you trade A.J. Brown for Patrick Sertain, the defensive back from the Denver Broncos? He laid out a bunch of reasons as to why it made sense. And I just have to say, number one, before you put a trade out, do a little digging into the actual like possibilities <laughs> because – not only are the Eagles not trading A.J. Brown, simply because why would you trade your best offensive weapon when you're trying to capitalize on this Super Bowl window that you're in? Uh, A.J. Brown, if you were to trade him, has a $42 million dead cap hit, 
and that is the most anti-Howie Roseman thing I could ever think of, is trading somebody that puts you in salary cap hell. Um, Patrick Sertain is wildly talented. He's arguably the best defensive back in the NFL. But, one, I don't think the Broncos are trading him, and the Eagles aren't going to trade A.J. Brown, so it's a trade that makes zero sense to begin with. Yep. I don't get it at all. Like, especially like, like you said, there's a cap hit, right? The Eagles basically went into that deal with AJ Brown, like knowing that they were going to lock him in for his, for the entire contract. There's no way. And on top of that, there's no way you get rid of Smitty. There's no way you, you don't, he's young. He's still growing as a, as a, as a professional and a veteran now in this league. And I mean, he's just as explosive and, and, you know, to give him away would basically be, you know, if, if you're you're mortgaging your team for one Super Bowl instead of being competitive in what you said, the Super Bowl window, right? We've got a we've got a team where all you need to do is put a couple other pieces in there. And there's other ways to do it than trading your star guy. And these two guys are good friends too. So like and, and the same thing, AJ Brown is really good friends with with Jalen Hurts. There's chemistry there. There's no reason why like you just blow it all up. Like you said, yeah. it's not it's not a howie move. It's not a howie move at all. Um, a lot of this speculation about Patrick Sertain came to the forefront because the Eagles hired um, a new secondary coach this week along with a new defensive line coach. Uh, Dom, have you seen pictures of the Eagles' new defensive line coach? No. Uh, Clint Hurt? No, but with a name like that, he sounds like he looks crazy. I'm very happy he's our defensive line coach uh, because I think he's going to get the most out of guys like Jordan Davis, like um, Jalen Carter, Hassan Reddick, Josh mm -hmm. Sweat, Milton Williams. Uh, I'm going to text you a picture of him right now. And hey, what's his name? I'm his, I'll just look him up. His name is Clint Hurt with two T's in Hurt. Oh, okay. What a name, first off. Tell me he doesn't look like Luke Cage. Nah, this is somebody you want to play for. <laughs> right? Nah, nah, nah. This guy looks like, yeah, he's going to go to war for for, for the guys. He looks like he could strap up right now and go play D-line with those boys. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not somebody you mess with first. That off. is I'm the looking widest at one shoulder broadness. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> Any other person that weighs that weight would not look that athletic. That, he, he, will, he will mess somebody up. He is a specimen in the greatest way possible. This is the ideal male physique. Yes, that's peak male form. Is oh, yeah. Hurt. Along with Carl Scott, who is the new defensive backs coach. Both of them coming from the Seahawks. Um, and Carl Scott spent time at Alabama under Nick Saban. So you have that connection just building now on the defensive side of things uh, for the Eagles. But... You have a guy like Clint Hurt like that, along with Jeff Stoutland working with the offensive line, and he's easily the number one offensive line coach in the NFL. We're getting back to where we need to be in the trenches with these two guys running the O-line and D-line, respectively. And I like just seeing that they hired him and knowing how well the Seahawks' defense played this year, and that was kind of their strong point as a whole this season for the Seahawks was their defense was their D line was their secondary mm -hmm. it gets me excited to know that like there's going to be changes on this defense specifically in the secondary you're going to have some changes probably on the D line a little bit um 
but it, it has me excited for just a new voice in the building for those positions. And I think these two coaches are guys that the likes of a, a Jalen Carter, a Jordan Davis, uh, you know, Josh Sweat, they're going to take to what these guys have to say, and it's going to make this Eagles defense that much more lethal and kind of get closer to, I think, what it was in 2022 versus last year. We can only hope and see, right? That's that's the only thing. I don't I don't want to speculate too much. I mean, it's kind of kind of interesting. Carl Scott has like been kind of like a journeyman, like you mentioned, like his time at Alabama. You also mentioned Seattle, right? Where you know he obviously knows uh, Clint, and uh, but he's also worked as a defensive backs coach in Minnesota with the Vikings. Uh, maybe we see some former players, you know, if they're uh, related to any of these other NFL teams or, or college teams that he's worked with. Uh, maybe there's some free agents where he knows they're a solid player. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, you tend to see that, right? You tend to see coaches go out and go get their players. So like if that's the case or, or does Howie kind of, or Nick kind of have like oversee of this and, you know, make that tr- decision. You know what I mean? Cause like going back to what we talked about last week, right? Uh, it seems almost like Sirianni is like a mini GM almost, right? Like he, he'll go to Howie and say, like, I want these guys. Howie will see what he can do. And then on top of that, you're putting coaches in place that basically will handle everything else. And I think that will streamline the, uh, the work that's being done at practice. More specialized, everybody gets – you know, really good, high quality attention at practice and prep and like to prepare and all this other stuff. And everybody's taking care of the game plan and, and that'll work. So, you know, we can only hope and see, you know, if, if they're making the right hires, which it does seem like people are seeing in a more positive light, uh, then that must mean that, you know, the coaching staff will kind of get them back. Like you said, to, to those 2022 vibes. Yeah. And I mean, Clint hurt, was also, I believe, the D-line coach under Vic Fangio when he was the head coach for the Chicago Bears. So that's where that connection comes in. And from 2017 to 2021, Clint Hurt was the D-line and assistant head coach for the Seahawks before becoming their defensive coordinator in 2022. So you're bringing in a guy who is effectively taking a demotion in being a D-line coach now who's been a defensive coordinator the past two seasons and after the Seahawks in 2021 only had 34 sacks as a defense mm-hmm. they had 45 in 2022 and 47 in 2023. So rapid progression in terms of getting after the quarterback, creating pressure, um, which is a great sign for this team. And I think we can easily say the Eagles defensive line and the players that they have are as a unit more talented than what the Seahawks have. Not that they're yeah. a bad D line, but most people are taking the Eagles defensive unit on that D line over the Seahawks every day of the week. 100%. And now you're putting Clint hurt in charge of that. So sign me up. Yeah. Um, and we have an offensive coordinator since the last time we talked Kellen Moore. Now the offensive coordinator of the Eagles. We talked a little bit about it on Sunday's episode. Um, I'm excited about it. I know a lot of people, uh, that we're friends with that just so happened to have found themselves as Cowboys fans are like, good luck with Kellen Moore. Well, when you look at the data, three out of the four years that Kellen Moore was the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys, they ranked top six in offensive production. They ranked second overall in that four-year span in points per game. And 
one thing that the Cowboys and the Eagles have had in common for quite some time that the Chargers don't have in common with them and why the Chargers offense ranked 21st last year. Cowboys and Eagles both have dominant offensive lines. Dominant offensive lines are really good wide receivers. Exactly. Uh, you know, Cowboys fans want to say this stuff. You know why? It's because Dak's your quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, Dak's going to Dak eventually. So, like, you know, it doesn't matter how good your offense is when, when Dak ends up, you know, screwing things up eventually. So, uh, yeah, you might as well be, you know, optimistic and we'll see. Like, you seem like you like it and you're dropping the stats to back it up. You know, and we're finally going to see AJ Brown and Devontae Smith after a year of not being able to run an actual route tree and utilize their skill sets to their full potential. Yeah, do you think that that the frustration that was being shown on the sideline wasn't between teammates, but more at the routes that were being offered in the playbook for you know what they were being asked to do? I definitely think it came from play calling, especially after seeing AJ and Devontae on Up and Adams today. And uh, she asked them kind of about Kellen Moore and like what their expectation is and what they want from this hire. And he said, just let us do what we're able to do. Yeah. And it was kind of like keeping it tongue in cheek, but you could kind of tell those two did not like Brian Johnson. <laughs> No, it, not at all. Like, you could tell they were get, growing frustrated. Like, both of them, too. Mm-hmm. Like, Smitty's a very quiet and reserved guy most of the time. Like, very respectful. And when you see him get that type of attitude on the sideline towards somebody, like, it, something's got to be wrong. Yeah. And, I mean, you're going to be able to see utilization of the middle of the field with Kellen Moore. Like, Thank I saw God. somebody recently put, like, a side-by-side of a game that Devontae Smith had this year versus a game that Keenan Allen had this year for the Chargers. And the Keenan Allen route tree looked like uh like a, a road map compared to Devontae Smith having three routes that he ran. Like let That's these crazy. guys get creative like why do you think teams in the second half of the year were able to get us? Because they just saw that we didn't switch up the routes enough. Like the playbook exactly. wasn't that deep. And Devontae Offensive Smith coordinator just wants to be like, all right, here, here's your three routes. Go ahead. And Devontae won the Heisman. Like, yeah. how many wide receivers can you remember before Devontae that won the Heisman? Not many. There's not that many in the history mm-hmm. of the Heisman Trophy. So It's normally a running back or a quarterback. Devontae's got the skill set to run the routes. A.J. Brown's got more than enough skill set to run the routes that you can conjure up. And Jalen Hurts has the arm strength to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for that aspect. And the other aspect is Kellen Moore has called plays before. So yeah. that helps. Brian Johnson never called plays before. So you had an offensive coordinator learning on the fly. And this Eagles team is too talented and has way too many aspirations of winning Super Bowls, not just one, multiple, to have coordinators learning on the fly. So I think it's good hires across the board now. It's a matter of getting the talent in the building to, you know, replace some of the stuff that didn't work last year and get this team back to where they belong. And that's yep. playing on Super Bowl Sunday. Yep. Uh, I just need to see the Eagles back there, man. Or at least like NFC championship, man. Like, come on. We need yeah. that. We 100%. need it. Um, speaking of Super Bowl and conference championships, um, there's been a, a hot topic running across our personal Facebook feeds uh, the past couple of days before we get into it. It's brought to you by our pals over at FOCO. 
Dom, you saw me wearing the uh, the Phillies overalls during uh, playoffs mm-hmm. and everything. Foco saw a lot of people board. wearing those. They got them for everything. They got Eagles ones. They've got these velour track suits now that look absolutely insane. Those are coming back, man. They are back in full force. Um, And FOCO stands for Forever Collectibles. They've got the best apparel, collectibles, and they're known for their bobbleheads uh, that you can think of. They're dropping new stuff almost every single day. And... uh, it's the easiest way to upgrade your fandom is with FOCO. Click the link in the description. Check out our friends at FOCO and upgrade your forever collectibles today from officially licensed products in baseball, hockey, basketball, football, soccer, the WWE, college sports. They've got you covered. Uh, so shout out to FOCO for sponsoring the podcast. Um, there's been a topic running across Facebook about our guy who is somebody that you and I have insane respect for, insane love for, and he's one of the best dudes just in general, not even talking his athletic uh, you know, abilities, but Isaiah Pacheco playing in his second straight Super Bowl from our hometown. And I think a lot of people just cling on to recency bias when it comes to these types of things, and that's where this gets formulated from. Um, but somebody posted that Isaiah Pacheco is the best athlete from New Jersey no debate. Well, there's a debate. Well, there's there's a, a huge debate. <laughs> it's it's you know it's funny. I think that some people took what I said on Facebook, like because I only put it, posted it to friends. I didn't post it public, but like I think my friends group. Some people took it as me saying like, "Oh, you know, Pop is." I said like Pop could be in the conversation soon enough. Like by the end of his career, I think that you know he's got what it takes to to really be you know big. Um, but like I could, if he, and, and the contingency is if he wins mm-hmm. the Super Bowl again, back to back, um, first off, it's hard as hell to win two Super Bowls in your career, let alone win them back to back. And I think a lot of people try to invalidate some of his achievements because of the team that he's on. Yes. You see some people saying like, oh, well, if he was picked one pick earlier, or, you know, one, you know, this or that, this, I, I say this, okay. The chiefs needed a running back one. They needed an RB one because McKinnon won't isn't the guy for that, uh, and and uh, the Clyde Edwards Hilaire experiment didn't work out in his rookie year, um, so they needed an RB one. Uh, they got everything else they needed, and they said, "Hey, let's take a risk on this guy from Rutgers who is electric, and let's see what happens." And in what two thirds of a season he ends up with the starting spot and is like the unanimous starter. Mm-hmm. He scores a touchdown in the Super Bowl. He's pretty serious this season, including playoffs. I think he scored a touchdown in each of the last ten ga- or like eight games for the Chiefs or something like that. So like the guy's putting in work, and you see it. He's electric, dude. The league is talking about him. Uh, other players are talking about him. Uh, other athletes and other leagues are talking about him. Like they know about this guy and he's putting his name on the map. Now, as for greatest athletes in New Jersey, I don't think he makes a top 10 list. If he wins the Super Bowl back-to-back years, he could make a top 15, definitely a top 20. He's still got such I mean, a career ahead of him. Yeah. I know people are talking about, oh, well, he's now hasn't even rushed for a thousand yards. Well, look at the team he plays on, right? They vary their offense. Their main guy is their tight end. Uh, Rasheed Rice is, has, you know, 
really popped off this year and is shown to be a serious wide receiver for them. Right. Uh, so they spread the ball out They do a bunch of different things. He plays in a three man like rotation almost where he sees the majority of the snaps, but he doesn't always see all the pass like mm-hmm. attempts and, and off the screens and stuff like that. But, you know, you, you look at his skill set and how explosive he is as a runner, uh, what he can offer uh, mentally, physically in the locker room, all that kind of stuff. The guy, the guy has it right. But when you're talking New Jersey athletes, we're talking Shaq, we're talking Carly Lloyd, we're talking Derek Jeter, we're talking Carl Lewis, we're talking, uh, did I say Shaq? Yes, Dennis uh, Rodman. Dennis Rodman. We're talking, uh, yeah, there's so many people, right? But Derek I, Jeter. Yeah. I'm like, you can you can fit him potentially on a top 15 list. Mm-hmm. Also, let's not forget Mike Trout. Yeah, how could I even say I work in that school district? Multiple like, time MVP, like sure, he's gotten yeah. injured towards this portion of his career, but you can't when, take away when, the greatness that when Trump when he was it, everybody was saying that he was the best player to ever play the game until mm-hmm. show it until show it kind of just made his way to the major leagues. But uh, it like that's what they were saying about Mike Trout. Like if you're if you're going to talk about some of the greatest or the best athlete to come out of New Jersey, you got to argue like you're you're top three you got to argue Shaq you got to argue Mike Trout just because of the accomplishments and dominance they had I mean what Shaq has over Trout is league titles Mm -hmm. you know um Carly Lloyd has women's world cups um Carl Lewis has Olympic gold medals right I'm pretty sure he has a gold medal so um you know these are the people that are in your Mount Rushmore and he's kind of like tier C right now. And, you know, yes, it's contingent on the Super Bowl, but like you said, I do think that he has a very bright career ahead of him. And I mean, like, you've also got guys like Franco Harris, who mm-hmm. all time Pittsburgh Steeler, like even Hassan Reddick right now, like South Jersey, is, yeah. you know, in that category. And what what's one thing that Pop has over Hassan, he's got a ring on his finger. Mm-hmm. So that argument is there. I mean, that, well, that's what that's what I mean with like the two Super Bowls is that like when when you're comparing him at least against other NFL athletes, especially if he's scoring touchdowns that help contribute to his team winning the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. you kind of have to respect that and put him above the other guys. Hundred like, percent. Like yeah, you could be like, oh well, he was he was on the bench and got a ring because he was part of the team and he really didn't play though, right? As opposed to this guy's on the field for like seventy percent of the snaps and he's scoring a touchdown and rushing for, you know, ninety six yards, you know, and and that's what it is. I yeah, really like, do see like within the next two years he hits a thousand in a season. Easily. Oh yeah, easy. And I mean, you also have somebody like Joe Theismann is from New Jersey. Like, mm-hmm. There's there's so many great athletes, like Oral Hershiser, who played for the Dodgers in the 80s. He's from Cherry Hill. Like, there's so many people that I think a lot of people don't realize are from New Jersey mm-hmm. that are these great athletes. And then they you got you just got to kind of sit down, do your research before you hit send. Well, this is well, this is what's funny is that like, I know that we're. Uh sponsored by the city of Vineland, but I will say that a lot of people from Vineland can, you know, see this through rose colored glasses, right? Mm-hmm. They, they want to vehemently support the hometown kid. Where was all that support for Jamil? You know, uh, that's my boy. 
right? Where, where was all that same support? I don't see anybody talking about his Super Bowl ring, right? You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, there's other people that just pe- get overlooked all the time. And especially, like, in Vineland, like, people are not thinking about everybody from North Jersey. J.R. Smith is from New Jersey, played for St. Pat's. Like, incredible. And he has multiple NBA championships. You can't, you can't, can't doubt, you can't forget about that. And he's a two-sport athlete now because he's playing collegiate golf. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot about that. And I mean, somebody else, like, it's a sport that a lot of people don't pay attention to in the, in the zeitgeist. It's typically regarded as number four of the big four, but like Johnny Gaudreau is from South Jersey. Mm-hmm. Does he have a championship? No, but he's regarded as one of the top 25 players in the NHL right now. Yeah. He's a beast. I mean, yep. James Aaron Reemsdijk, again, the, when you think about pro athletes, like, in the grand scheme of pro athletes, they may not be like some of the elite, but they are the 1% of the 1%. They got yep. to that professional level. And what Isaiah is doing is fantastic. Like mm-hmm. he is the singular reason I'm rooting for the chiefs to win the super bowl this year is because yeah. I want my guy to succeed. I want somebody that I know personally to accomplish something that not everyone can say they accomplished, especially in a back to back feat. Yeah. Um, but when you look at the grand scheme of the state of New Jersey, which I think is also just an underrated state for producing professional athletes, yeah, Isaiah's working his way up, and he's got such a long career ahead of him. And there's people that have already cemented their legacy in their athletic careers that are retired, that are still playing and are regarded similar to like a Mike Trout, but like, when you look at it, Isaiah is still building his story to mm-hmm. be one of those great athletes. It's okay to feel like you think he's going to reach that trajectory, but in the grand scheme of what has been accomplished already versus what is in the process of being accomplished, there's a lot of professional athletes from the state of New Jersey that you put on your list ahead of Isaiah right now. Yeah. I hope that people don't take this the wrong way, what I'm about Correct. to say. But, like, um, you know, I work at a brewery in Medford. Right. If I were to see Isaiah Pacheco walk in, I'd be like, oh, yo, this is sick. Right. Like and, and you know, talk, talk to him a little bit. And, and you know, like I'd be like, oh, you know, this is sick. Isaiah Pacheco's here. Right. Carly Lloyd and her husband and her friends frequent this brewery. Every time she's there, I'm in awe. I'm literally in awe. I'm like, this is a multiple women's World Cup winner, like one of the best women's soccer players ever sitting right here like you know what i mean like th- that aura is just different and i mean your brewery that's why, <laughs> like brendan aronson another one yeah but at the, at the same time like with with brendan like if brendan's there like it's cool well i'm saying in the, in the scheme like of like professional New Jersey athletes, athletes. From New Jersey. yes 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 tim howard yep tim howard another one like there's so many there's so many so it's really really hard to to stick it you know within a top five, let alone top 10 or top 15, I could see him hitting the top 20 list for sure. I think he's a lock for that. I, I could, you know, if you, depending on how you argue it, you know, he could fit a top 15 list, but we need to see how the rest of his career goes to, to sneak him in that top 10, but an extra Super Bowl, especially back to back in his first two years in the NFL makes a, makes a, makes a big helping. I mean, you want to talk Olympics too, like part of the, the fab four in gymnastics right now, Laurie Hernandez. She's from New Jersey. Like, there's so many. Like, mm-hmm. sports it just doesn't boil down to your four major sports either. 
when it comes to professional sports. There is a wide scape of professional athletes from the state of New Jersey. That I'd argue that people just think about uh, the big three. Yeah. Football, baseball, basketball. You know what I and mean? And even sometimes just football, basketball. Yep. I mean, uh, what's his name? Frankie Edgar? Isn't mm-hmm. that his name? The, uh, the, the MMA fighter. Yeah. He's from Tom's River. Exactly. And he's a beast. He's a legit beast. Yeah, I mean, people people forget about a lot of these things. It's it's niche for us, but you know, Bryce Young is from South Jersey. He's from mm-hmm. the UHT area, professional lacrosse player, coaching at St. Joe's in Hamilton, and he's got two championship rings on his finger from playing in the PLL. Yeah, you could talk about you know Division One collegiate lacrosse athletes as well. The Pontrello brothers wanted to do it at UNC and and play a big part in UNC's Division One title, and then the other one, one of the best guys at Loyola in Maryland. Uh, winning a championship as well. Uh, mm-hmm. So, like, you know, there's there's a lot. There, there's a whole lot. So, And, I mean, it doesn't always get regarded as a sport, but Martin Truex Jr., NASCAR driver, he's from mm-hmm. New Jersey. That's, that's a sport. That's a sport. So there's, there's a ton of – and I think we can all come together as New Jersey natives and say that the state of New Jersey is – wildly underrated for producing professional athletes and somebody we didn't even mention that you know there's a lot of controversy around his name a lot of the times recently but like Kyrie Irving's from New Jersey Mm, why didn't we even talk about Kyrie you know what I mean like (laughs) oh my god I even mentioned this a a player from the same high school as him you know it's uh, it's crazy man Carl Anthony Towns Mm -hmm. another one it's there's so many, so many. Honestly, Joe, Joe Flacco. Yeah. Honestly, uh, when it comes to basketball, New Jersey, I think, is a top three state when it comes to top four. No. Yeah, you could argue top three, top four uh, when it comes to producing basketball talent. Uh, maybe top five because you've got California, you've got Florida, you've got North Carolina, you've got New York, you've got New Jersey. Mm-hmm. You know that that those those are it. Those are the big spots. Uh, you could say maybe Illinois, right? But I think that that's outside the top five. New Jersey is crazy with athletes, and and I just you know we're such a small state. Everybody hates our state, so people overlook us all the time. But another another one that we didn't mention. Speaking of basketball, Rick Barry. Ever heard of him? He's from New Jersey. You know the. It's pretty much the uh, guy Tobin, that the Tobin isn't Hughes. isn't Rick isn't Rick Barry who the the NBA logo is isn't Rick Barry the NBA logo? Uh, it might be. I think it is. Back check me. NBA logo is Jerry West. Ah, yes, Jerry West. I was gonna say whoever owns the Lakers, and that's yeah. that's Jerry West. So, um, Tobin Heath from New Jersey. I used to have a crush on Tobin Heath when and I was younger. All- actually there were quite a few but i'm married now let me stop (laughs) i mean mark ingram is from new jersey saints running back alabama like so many accolades in his career does he have a did he win a super bowl with them um it's a good question mark ingram no he did not because he got there a couple years after uh, yeah, 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 they yeah. won, but he he's won the Heisman in 2009. He was the SN Player of the Year in 09. He was a unanimous All American, first team All SEC. 
he won a BCS national championship in 2009 with Alabama, three-time Pro Bowler, over 8,000 rushing yards in his career. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Like, Pacheco has to have the stat line to back it up. And he's building that. And that's mm-hmm. the thing that, like, hopefully when we're discussing this, like, nobody takes it the wrong way. But it's like, yeah. he's he's barely two years into his career. He's got yeah, one city, more game of his second just, year. Just understand what we're trying to say here. He's got right? one more game of his second season of his professional career. Yeah. He's building out his story to what it's going to be. Yeah. He's extre- like he's landed in the most ideal place for his talents and skill sets. Mm-hmm. He's only going to continue to get better. Could he find himself in the top 10 athletes of all time if he continues on this trajectory? Sure. He's still got to build that story. though. Yeah, listen, we've seen way too, especially in our area uh, where we're from, we've seen way too many athletes make it to the pros. And then, you know, after a few years, just they're, professional career ends right and and you could have a super bowl ring Corey clement is a prime example yeah from glassboro you you could have a super bowl ring and then be out of a job two years later right you still have to produce and that's what we're trying to say is like yes he can go down as one of the greatest athletes out of new jersey but he has to still do it right he has to still do it and he's in a great place to do it Mm -hmm. he's in a great place to do it and it would be so amazing if like later on in his career and the Eagles are still, you know, being, you know, aggressive and, and, and competing for Super Bowl appearances and they need a running back, you know, maybe, you know, in year seven or eight of his career and the Eagles decide to sign him on free agency, who knows, but, uh, and I know his that, dad would absolutely love that because his dad yeah, grew up an Eagles fan with the way that the Eagle or with the way that the chiefs organization loves him and how he's been performing with them, they're going to lock him down. Yeah. You know, they're going to lock him down and he's going to, to he's going to grow with Pat and that's going to be like the dynamic duo, mm-hmm. you know, especially, you know, Travis is getting a little older and, you know, his career will eventually come to an end. They're going to have to find other weapons. You might as well lock down your franchise running back now. Especially since you drafted him twelve picks before the draft ended, and you've been able to capitalize on his talents the last two years of exactly because you know a big, especially if he wins a second Super Bowl and scores in it, he's going to have a big payday coming his way soon. Exactly, and one other athlete that we should show love to one of our former classmates that's playing professional basketball, Charity Harris. Yeah, shout out Charity. Shout out Charity. She was she's a baller, like literally a literally just, like sick, sick baller. She's so good, so good. I, uh, I I just remember sometimes you know just those days where you're at like Gatone Park because Gatone had the legendary runs like Magnolia. Everybody you know if you're from the city of Vineland, you know about Magnolia Park, but like if you're if you're a Hooper, you know about Gatone mm-hmm. Park and the runs at Gatone are sometimes legendary. And I remember you know sometimes where where Charity would show up. Doesn't matter who's on the court. Good night. Doesn't matter. It's fun. It's always a. It's always a fun time. She's competitive. She'll talk trash. She'll. She'll. You know. She'll get you to 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 bring the best out of you because mm-hmm. she wants to. She wants to be challenged and. Exactly. Yeah, just an absolute hooper. Yeah, like Gatone Park is like the very niche, minimalized version, and Vineland's own like Rucker Park. Like yeah. everyone would show yeah. there. Yeah. 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 Like every you know. People would maybe say that that's Magnolia because Magnolia can have some crazy runs, but that's just because the courts are a little nicer mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, there's more of them. 
So, you know, if you've got the, the, the Hooper Hoopers on, on the one court and they're not really coming off, they've got like five guys in a rotation and it's like, you know, th- three teams, just one's on or Gatone one's off had all the time. Grit to it. Yeah. Gatone was like, yeah, you're coming out here. You're going to get beat up. You're putting the eye paint on. If you're going you're not to getting any help from the rim. You're not getting any help from the backboards that are rusty. Like you're showcasing skill. Yeah. Yeah. And, and because it's like kind of secluded off, you know, you've got, you've got the guys that are lighting up and, and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. You got guys passing the Henny bottle. Like it's, <laughs> it's fun, dude. It's, it's, a it's vibe. yeah, it's, it's a, it's a way different vibe than going out to Magnolia. Like Magnolia, you got to kind of keep it a little family friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gatone, that's where you know you want to get down to business and you put in some work. It was always fun. Hundred um, percent. Let's shift gears to uh, the alleged leak that happened today on yeah. What are these eBay dude? of all places? Um, the Philly City Connect jerseys. So I don't know if you're familiar with this, Tom, but it's very similar to the NBA. How if you make the playoffs, you get a, a jersey added to your repertoire. Um, but it is every team will eventually have a city connect Jersey in baseball. And it is like Nike's initiative since taking over the Jersey sponsorship to kind of put their flair on major league baseball to which most of them have come up short in terms of actually even looking good. Um, the Phillies one allegedly leaked on eBay today and I had been, I've, I've had some people in my ear over the past season that uh, the City Connect jersey was going to feature the colors of the Pennsylvania state flag, which is that blue and yellow. Um, well, that was going to be my question about the significance of the colors because we, we see like in the NBA, these City Connect jerseys or these city jerseys are supposed to be indicative of something uh, that, that the city holds close, mm-hmm. right? So like you know, the one, uh, the one Sixers one where they have the colors of the spectrum on the side, which those jerseys are sick. I love the one with the main line, the black one with the main line across the Mm -hmm. the middle of it. Everybody used to hate that one. I think that Jersey was incredible. Right. Uh, so like there was always something about it. Like they had the one that says city of brotherly love. And I saw this one. It just says Phila with, you know, it's like, ombre blue and the yellow and i'm just like what is this but then you saying that reminds me oh yeah the flag is the flag is blue and yellow. flag is that color and then my guess is with these jerseys the the font and everything is supposed to be some sort of tie-in to kind of looking electricity vibes um, yeah franklin and that type of vibe i do have to say I'm not a fan, to be honest. I don't hate them as much as I was expecting to hate them when I initially found out they were going to be yellow and blue because my mind immediately went to those throwback Eagles jerseys that we saw in 2010. I like those. Don't make fun of those. Those have grown on me as I've gotten older. I like them. So the one thing I don't like is the ombre of going from navy blue to that light blue. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I don't like it. I do like the patch that's on the sleeve with the the love kind of looking like Love Park just in a more hipster looking way and the bell being the O. The the light blue doesn't look bad and I think that's more of an optics thing that we're used to the Phillies in powder blue on Thursdays with the throwback uniforms. Mm-hmm. 
I think I'm going to hold out my full take on these until I see them on the players themselves because that can change a whole vibe of how a jersey looks is seeing them on the actual players. Will I will I be purchasing this? More than likely not. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the font either. When you zoom in on it, it's got like this like ripply argyle kind of look yeah, to it. Yeah, it's weird. Kind of strange. Um, is it the worst City Connect jersey out there? Absolutely not. There are some pretty bad ones across the board, and I think it's been <laughs> everyone's just like disdain with Nike taking over the jersey sponsorship from Majestic when that happened. Like the the Chicago Cubs one is so boring. The Astros jersey is boring. Their hat is kind of cool, but the jersey stinks. The Dodgers is horrible. The Giants is boring. And my my takeaway from this too is with every team that will eventually get a City Connect jersey is the whole initiative here. It was announced this week that the Washington Nationals after this season will be retiring their City Connect jersey and replacing it with their new jerseys they rolled out, uh, I think, this week or late last week. The National City Connect jersey is hands down the best one that has ever come out. I've never they, seen it. They incorporated the cherry blossoms that are synonymous with Washington, D.C. and the Cherry Blossom Festival, mm-hmm. and it actually makes the Nationals jerseys look good. It's a like a dark gray tone with that blush pink uh, involved with the cherry blossoms and everything. Gorgeous looking sports jersey. Mm-hmm. And they're allegedly going to be retiring it for a pullover jersey that looks absolutely terrible. Um, but I expect nothing less from a, pro- a poverty franchise like the Washington Nationals. <laughs> but the, the there's way worse City Connect jerseys out there than what this alleged Phillies one is. I give it like a, a C plus on the, on the scale. Um, the the whole thing too that I think everyone gets annoyed by with the City Connect jerseys, Dom, is you have to have it's a it's a rule that Nike implemented. You have a four plus one, and the plus one is your City Connect jersey. So you have four jerseys that you can wear uh, along with your City Connect jersey. So most teams have five jerseys in the rotation. So to bring in your City Connect, you have to retire a jersey. So the Phillies are getting rid of their uh, all red uniforms this season. Mm. which I'm fine with like the all red. It looks very spring. Red and white is much better. Yeah. Red and white. The the pinstripes were never going away. Yeah. The road grays were never going away because the blue is never going away either. And, and the road grays, everyone was like, Oh, get rid of those. It's like the Phillies primary color is red, but there's so many other teams in baseball that their primary color is red. And when you go on the road, you need a differentiation from those teams if they're well, how many home. teams how many teams are red with pinstripes us and just the us. reds and the reds don't the reds have like a throwbacks yeah don't they have like a gray with red pinstripes or something like that yes yeah, but there's no team with all red with the white pinstripe right we're the... that's us that's we're synonymous for that yeah and you know you have Teams like the Cardinals, the Reds, the Guardians, the the Red Sox, um, the Texas Rangers, I think, have a red jersey. Um, there's a bunch of teams in baseball that if you're going to their stadium, they get to pick the jersey they're wearing. That's part of being the home team. You're not going to get rid of a road gray that you know helps you differentiate there. So 
it made the most sense that the red jerseys were going away. They were a spring training jersey to begin with, uh, and they always looked that way. And I'm fine with those kind of going on the shelf. They they didn't really move the needle for me, and for the most part, the Phillies didn't perform well in those jerseys. So I'm fine with them kind of uh, taking a seat. And, I mean, overall, the Phillies have one of the best jersey rotations in all of baseball, from the red pinstripes to the road grays to the the throwback powder blues and then the day game cream jerseys it's an elite rotation the, the cream jerseys are so good they're, they're so, so good. fire the powder blues are a classic too like if you could get the powder blue with the red pinstripe give me that all day and all i mean night. You, you look at some of these other teams' jerseys, like Boston has the light blue and the yellow for Patriot Day and everything mm-hmm. to kind of connect to their city. The Brewers have a, a yellow and light blue, and I think the Mariners also have like a royal blue and yellow. Everyone uh, was roasting Nike after the Phillies leak and saying, all right, we're going into the boardroom. Every baseball team has red, white, and blue jerseys. We're going to get rid of that, and uh, what should we do? And it was like somebody in meeting stands up. Blue and yellow. <laughs> and I mean, we're we're used to the blue and yellow look because the Union did it, and they had their, yeah. their lightning bolt jerseys that are one of the best jerseys, I think, to ever roll through Philly across the board. Mm-hmm. So we're used to the color combo. It's just a matter of realizing that it's it's nike trying to be nike and milk the most out of it and you're either gonna (laughs) love it or hate it and it's fine if you like if you like it it's fine if you hate it it's fine it's not the worst one out there though and that's what i'm happy about it's it's like you know people talk about our mascot like our mascot is iconic first off Mm -hmm. but like it's not the worst mascot we could be atlanta yeah. So it's it's the same thing. Like we could have the worst jersey, but we don't. So like it stop whining. It's all right. Like what we'll, they'll they'll eventually grow on us too. Like mm-hmm. they, they say they say this about the Sixers jerseys every single year, right? Is like, oh, you know, they're so ugly. Oh my the gray one. Remember the gray one? Everybody was like, This shit is ugly. And then they see him on the players worn in game and they're like, you know what? It's kind of growing on me. Yeah. And I think that's what's gonna happen with these. It's gonna be one of those, you know fashion type of of jerseys that people are going to get to look different at the ballpark to to stand out go with oh uh, trust me i love obscure jersey i love an obscure jersey oh a hundred percent and i mean somebody's going to have a pair of like powder blue shoes or yellow shoes that they're going to want to wear boom here's the jersey that you go and get to match it i'm intrigued what the i think the the thing that's going to make or break this uniform is what the hat looks like yeah, I know that you you'll be very. I'll be very locked in one. to you'll see be... what that looks like because that's going to make or break how the overall uniform combo goes. And I know if the hat's sick, you're definitely getting one. Oh, a hundred percent. And I mean, you know, you look at at the hats the Phillies wear. You got your maroon throwback, which is just a classic. You've got your traditional red with the blue button on the top, and then the cream jerseys. You kind of flip flopping. You got the the darker royal blue with the red P. Now it's a matter of just nailing the the headpiece, and it's also boils down to with the the batting helmet. The batting helmet has to look all yellow. That's what I saw. I saw somebody with like a neon yellow batting helmet on Bryce Harper. Yo, with the patch navy, logo. navy blue P. 
on like a like a like a pure yellow. I also wouldn't hate if the hat logo is just the Liberty Bell. What about the love with the patches? The O. That's what I was thinking too. Like that could be on the hat. I wouldn't hate if they took just that Liberty Bell off of there and made that the the hat logo. I think that would be. You know what? I, I can't lie. Is like I do. I do appreciate a team that you know kind of strays from tradition in that aspect because these are supposed to be the fun jerseys. Mm-hmm. They're already straying from tradition, so. Who's to say that you can't just kind of rock a different logo, right? Yeah. Like, it's still representative of the city, and and that's the main thing, right? That's what these jerseys are supposed to be about. So make it about the city. Give it a really cool, sick custom logo, and that's for the alternates. Exactly. And I think it's going to be very hilarious to see the Fanatic in a gradient blue and bright neon yellow jersey on his green fur. Yeah, that'll be very weird. <laughs> like that's that's the that's the beautiful thing about like being a red team, right? Is that bright green goes with red. They're complementary mm-hmm. colors. Or like if you're wearing the cream jerseys, he looks sick. Yes. You know, like like the only one that's kind of a little off is is the 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 powder blues, but and like he even pulls that off to an, a degree. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's just a matter of time. We we gotta hope that it looks good. Yeah. I think this is like a mid-tier City Connect jersey. I think the three that still stand out to me that are still the best are the Nationals. I think the Cincinnati Reds have a good one. I think the Baltimore Orioles have a good one. Um, And I really like the Miami Marlins one. Um, But, I mean, we could be the San Diego Padres having like a a Sherbert-looking jersey. Nah, I like that one, dude. (laughs) Come on, don't talk about that jersey, dude. I know that they're like a somewhat of a rival because in the playoffs, you know, they give they've given us a lot of issues. But like, I like that jersey, man. Yeah, it's I it's think not it's so bad. cool. The, it's uh, so cool. That's the like Texas what I'm Rangers talking one about. Stinks. The Rangers one stinks. Which don't even get me started on that one. The Colorado Rockies one is very weird. It's like a, a forest green of the Colorado Rockies on the front of the jersey. And it is literally from the license plate of Colorado. Um, the Dodgers, there is literally no change to it. The Pittsburgh Pirates one stinks. Um, it's just a giant black font PGH going across a yellow jersey. This is why AI is taking everybody's jobs because people are coming up with shit like this. The Braves one stinks. The corner logo is just like it's the giant Braves A, and then in f- small script it says the. So it says the A. It's terrible. Is that uh, Atlanta? Yeah. That, ew, the A. So bad. Dude, this ain't 2006. Like, come on, dude. Oh, my God. The A. The A. Um, my God. How can they miss on so many things? They miss on their, their jersey. They miss on their mascot. They miss on capitalizing with having really good teams. Like... What 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 is this? They're they're just a bunch of failures, <laughs> and I'm oh, here I for mean, it. Didn't they get to a World Series pretty recently? Yeah, but we don't talk about that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly, right? So, yeah, I mean, Sele- a selective memory, right? Exactly that that one didn't count. Yeah. We were coming out of a tough time as a country. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that one doesn't count. <laughs> it was like given, you know. Uh, somebody who just, it was like a participation trophy almost, you know, they tried. Oh, hey. like, Here you go. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I'll put out a, a graphic of like the the tier ranking things with the uh, all the City Connect jerseys, and I think everyone will be pleased to see that the Phillies is clearly not the worst of the bunch that have uh, rolled out so far. They're far worse and far less unique. Like the Dodgers jersey doesn't even look like it's changed. It, it's it just says Los Dodgers on the front instead of Dodgers. Sick. So cool. So so awesome, guys. So innovative. <laughs> it's the people going. It's so bad. Um, but yeah, that's the alleged City Connect uh, jersey leak. There. Um, we'll talk a little hoops here. The uh, the big fella, Joel Embiid. Is he hurt. He's hurt. He will not play in their next game. He's traveling back to Philadelphia, will not travel with the team to Utah. Jonathan Kaminga fell on his knee last night. And, uh, I don't think it playing. was dirty, though. I don't think it was either. I think it was just a unfortunate like happenstance of how the play was transpiring. Um, and Bede shouldn't have been playing last night. I think the Sixers front office got bullied into – uh, him playing in a nationally televised game against the Warriors after missing the Nuggets game that people were complaining about. And by people, I mean the city of Denver, um, that he didn't play against Jokic. And it's clear that he's injured. And we do the same song and dance every year with Joel's knee. And I think people just have to sit back and remember that Joel Embiid is a seven foot two, 285 pound human, and he's going to suffer injuries throughout an 82 game season. Yep. And on top of that, like, let's not forget that he is averaging 36 points in 36 minutes or something like that. So like, you want to keep him healthy when the playoffs come around. There's no sense guys. This is what the whole argument has been about with the NBA the last couple of years. The season is too long. There's too many games. And now they're adding in a season tournament, an in-season tournament on top of that. The only reason that sports like soccer can get away with that is because they play once a week. If we restricted NBA games to Thursday through Sunday so that Monday through Wednesday could be the in-season tournament games, it would work. But that would also greatly reduce the NBA season. So in an 82-game season, Joel Embiid is going to have to sit some games. Like Kyle said, guys, listen, he is seven foot two, seven foot three. He's got long legs, and the way that he plays, his joints take a beating. He takes a beating from the players. Don't think that – I hate the – I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate how he gets the James Harden treatment. Oh, he does his flop and draw fouls. And so, no, people beat him the hell up, mm-hmm. all right? And people need to realize that. And because of that, he's going to take knocks. He's going to be bruised up. He's going to have little, you know, contusions here and there. And especially when stuff like this happens where he's fighting for a ball and then the, you know, momentum of a player ends up taking himself onto Joel's knee. Like, you need to be careful with that kind of stuff. Be cautious, sit him, and see how he feels. Because there's no sense in sacrificing his body when we are fairly confident that the Sixers are going to make the playoffs, right? But the only reason they're going to make the playoffs is because they treat Joel Embiid like this. 
If they didn't and he was out for good, watch the Sixers not even make the playoffs. Right? They're going to struggle to make the playoffs. And and that's how close the margins are when it comes to making playoffs in the NBA. And, you know, you need him there. You need him healthy. Teams are going to scheme because they know that Joel won't be there if he's injured, especially in the playoffs. And that's how you lose in the second round every year, right? Because Embiid is not healthy enough. And then he just has to play because he wants to do whatever it takes and put his body on the line. And then next thing you know, he's getting surgery in the offseason. Right? There's no reason for that, guys. There's no reason. Calm down. Slow your roll. So, Dom, the NBA trade deadline is swiftly approaching, uh-huh. and there's been a lot of names out there um, around the Sixers and everything. We're going to do the fun exercise that you and Matt have done the past couple weeks on top pins. Fun. I've got five oh, potential God. Sixers trade targets that have connections already to the Philadelphia 76ers or the city of Philadelphia, and you're going to blindly rank them. Oh, God. All right. All right. So your first player, shout out to the process, Jeremy Grant. Hmm. He's a solid NBA vet. He can play defense. He hustles. He can attack the rim. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Three. It's Jeremy Grant at number three. Uh, your next player with a connection to Philadelphia or the 76ers, Kyle Lowry. As a backup? More I would, assume, like, I would assume he's the sixth man. He'd more than likely be a maxi backup and that yeah. in between of he and Pat Bev. Well, well, this is the thing is like a guy like Kyle Lowry coming in would mean that Bev gets less playing time and Kelly isn't the sixth man. Kelly would be the seventh man, which isn't bad. We don't have that dog defense as much because Bev isn't on the court, but. Two. Okay. Kyle Lowry at two. two. Exper- he's experienced and he's a, he's a, he, he has some intangibles. Like Kyle Lowry can, will take charges. Kyle Lowry will like do, like use the dark arts and his excessively large back end to, <laughs> you know, really, you know, hold down the game. And then when you have somebody like that as your backup point guard, you have no, like doubts that your offense will still run the same way because you have a league vet point guard that has finals experience played you know for what I mean? coach yeah exactly that's what i mean uh your next player with connections to the sixers or the city of philadelphia gordon hayward former boston celtic do we want five. a celtic infiltrate five <laughs> get that Fortnite kid out of here five Here's why I don't mind that. Allegedly, Gordon Hayward might get bought out, so you might be able to get him for free. So not being, not having to trade anything, would be Five. incredible. Five. Uh, your next player, he allegedly stole the Rookie of the Year award way back when. Malcolm Brogdon. Four. If I have to choose between him and Kyle Lowry, yeah, Kyle Lowry all day four. So that means by default, your number one player. 
on this list is one and only Markel Fultz. Sick. Hey, content, baby. Let's get it. You know what? He's turned into a really good professional. I'll tell you that. Like I would I would love him as the in-between of Maxi mm-hmm. and Pat Bev. With him, like, like people may call me ridiculous for saying this, but, like, have you watched Orlando play since he went there? Like, he has been way better. And, of course, Orlando has, like, Jalen Suggs and, and Banch, Bancaro and, and, and some of these other guys. But, like, Fultz was the guy that started to – and he's kind of fallen out of the rotation and fallen out of just the mix there. And Orlando's now the eight seed, so they should and could be sellers. Bring Fultz home. Um, yeah. I mean, that's my live one. If I were to redo it, I'd probably put Lowry number one, Fultz two, keep Grant, can then keep three through five. I would just switch one and two. You could argue three and four, like you could switch Jeremy Grant and Brogdon because Brogdon mm-hmm. can play the two. But yeah, I think that like you obviously have Kelly Oubre there. So, but Kelly Oubre and uh, Batum are the the two and the three. Batum can also come in and play the four. So you really need that point guard because it's Bev, and like I love Bev, but. He's not the most offensively gifted, right? Bev has the intangibles, and he also has the defensive presence. He can draw some fouls. Can we? Do we have time to talk about you know this whole debate going on on Twitter? Bring it. I saw your your tweet. Uh, but yeah, that would be my my go ahead. Listen, uh, from the game, there has been this big, you know, uprising on Twitter going at the NBA refs because Steph Curry had a foul called him on him when when Pat Bev drove the net and and kind of like forced up a bad shot, but like he got the two foul shots out of it. And, you know, even it's even to the point now where the official NBA ref Twitter page explained why it's a foul. And people are saying like, no, you're just doing this to do it. Like uh, this is why you look like team USA loses in FIBA and this and that. And like, it's like, come on, dude, like, if you watch, like if you if you really watch, you know, Bev is already he already has his left foot out and is ready to cut towards the basket and make a drive. The way the angle that Steph's going is trying to cut off that little bit of space that Bev sees. So when Bev tries to attack it, Steph runs right into him. It's not like he beat him to the spot. Right. Mm-hmm. The only way it's not a blocking call is if he beats him to the spot and he can be a little sideways when he's doing that, but he needs to establish that that's his space because that's how an offensive foul is called. And that wasn't the case. He, he may have been ahead of Bev, but then he moved into his path. Excuse me. Uh, he moved into his path. He moved into him. And then on top of that, like, you don't even want to talk about the fact that his left arm is extended over Pat Bev's shoulder. And if you're a smart offensive player that says, Oh, look at what he's doing. Let me shoot because I'm going to be fouled. That's, that's an easy call, right? So Bev goes up, Steph moves his arm up with it, but like, obviously it's a foul. It calls two, two shots. Like it's, it's clearly a foul. Like it clearly is a foul. Is it a ticky tack foul? Yes, but it's a clear foul. Like, come on now. That's not the reason that we lose in, in FIBA. 
right? Mm -hmm. It's just, we've had an ego about ourselves that we've been this good for so long. And like now the rest of the world is just catching up to the United States. There's a reason Luka Doncic put up 70 points, right? You know what I mean? Like it's, there's a reason Jokic is the MVP, right? It's not that the quality of Team USA and USA basketball is declining. It's just that the rest of the world is catching up and now they have some serious ballers. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it only took a couple generations of guys coming to the NBA and, and, and then finishing their careers and going back overseas and running camps all the time to produce elite talent. You know what I mean? Like it's bound to happen. But on, on the subject of the foul, it's an obvious foul. And, and, you know, Twitter keyboard refs and all this other type of stuff, like social media refs, you know, with the, oh, it's a travel or not. Like you see these videos all the time and, oh, that's a foul or not. Like everybody loves to complain about these fouls. Like it's just smart basketball. If you know how to draw a foul and you can get to the spot and force the defense to commit a foul, what's wrong with that? You're getting yourself to the you? line. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, I mentioned about Joel Embiid, this used to be the biggest gripe and still is kind of a gripe about James Harden. And now a bunch of players are doing it. And because they saw how like Harden and these other guys used to do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, hell you used to see a bunch of guys like before, like, you know, how many three point shooters before they adjusted the fouls for jump shots, right. Used to flop and used to stick their JJ used to do it all the time used to go up and put his leg out and do that little leg kick so that they brush the leg and you, and you go right down. Right. It's, it's, uh, you know, you see it way more and, and they've adjusted the rules, you know, for certain situations, but this one is, it's obvious, right? You, mm -hmm. it, it's what you're taught as a basketball player at, at, at a young age is that when you attack the basket, especially against a bigger defender, go right into their chest bump them don't commit an offensive foul obviously give them a little bump and then they're either going to have to give you space so you have the space to go up for the layup or the jump shot or they're going to foul you it's it's just that simple right that's how you create the separation Pat Bev was trying to do that Steph if you look at his angle and how he approached Bev goes and cuts this way and Steph runs into him that's just what happened Grow up. It's a foul. Move on. Mm -hmm. Like people just love to hate on Pat Bev. People love to hate on the Sixers because we're from Philadelphia. And that's what it is. Yeah. Shout out to Pat Bev. Did you see his, uh -huh. uh, his podcast is now presented by McDonald's. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> got the major, major. Sponsor Mickey D's money. Yo, first off, I was listening to the New Heights podcast. I didn't like they they are sponsored out the ass, dude. Out the by, ass. by some serious sponsors, too. A production like, company that produces New Heights and they do a whole bunch of other parts. Like they do uh Paul George's podcast. Mm -hmm. Um they do Carmelo Anthony's new podcast that just came out recently. Um they they put on wave sports and entertainment is uh no pun intended making waves in the podcast yeah. game and it's it's very cool to watch um Dom, i got some dates for you some dates the official championship series dates for our water dogs oh dropped. um so champ series going on from february 14th to the 19th down in virginia uh water dogs archers a, a rematch of the championship game this past season 
goes nice. down Valentine's Day evening at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN+. Plus. And then on February 16th on ESPN2 and ESPN+, Plus, it'll be Redwoods Water Dogs uh, at 5.30 p.m. And then we have on February 17th, Cannons Water Dogs at 7 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. And I want to say those are the three games there. And then your uh, semifinals and finals will take place once we find out who will be matched up against whom. But Water Dogs get some prime time there against the Redwoods uh, on the 16th of February on ESPN2. So lock in the helmets look sick. I don't know if you saw those. They're rocking black helmets, purple accents. Okay. Uh, Can't wait to see the jerseys. Uh, what kind of black is it like a glossy black is that a matte black like that's that that's major when it, it comes looks to black glossy for me. to me I'm not a fan of the glossy but black man i can't really tell from because it is kind of just a uh an artwork mock-up i just texted you a picture mm-hmm. of it um i'm not sure if it's going to be glossy or Matt, the logo itself looks glossy or kind of like chrome-like. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't hate it if it's like a black chrome almost. But that would be kind of cool. The back uh, logo. I'm sure they're going to be sick because, you know, the PLL always comes through good with, with the helmets. 100%. You know, I'll say that. I think uh, it's going to be cool to see the jerseys because last year's uh, Champ Series jerseys were unique and only those four teams got them. And this year will be that much more unique because it's the first time we have home city. So it could be the first time we see Philadelphia on a uh, PLA jersey, which will be sick. Yeah, that's Um, sick. Stoked for that. And uh, speaking of helmets, before we before we change subjects, there's two helmets I want to I want to bring light to. Number one, the Duke lacrosse helmets. Sick. Filthy. Absolutely sick. They got the they got the towers on 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 going across the the top as the top decals. They have the uh, the one hundred emoji on the back. Like it looks just so mm-hmm. nice, dude. It's so nice. And then also Cabrini, so good. I want I want to give Cabrini a shout out for their uh for their helmets because they've got a little sticker decal on the back saying one last ride. Shout out to my boy Jake Cavanaugh who plays for them. It's so uh, good. They're so. Sick. Shout out Cabrini. I hope they do well this year just because, you know, last year. Last season. There's another one that's uh pretty good. The the Stony Brook uh haven't seen those are absolutely magnificent. And you know you did a good job if our boy Diggs tape is giving it a nine point eight out of ten. Yep. Yep. They are gorgeous. I'll send you a, a picture of those. Uh once I'll take a look at those. But... They are gorgeous. Uh, Dom, any final thoughts before we uh, get up on out of here? Go birds. That's basically it. <laughs> Go birds. And- uh, also, yeah, uh, I'm gonna apologize right now. We're nixing top bins for this week. Um, I know it's transfer deadline day, but without Matt here, it's gonna be really overwhelming for me. Uh, I haven't been paying attention to it either, so <laughs> uh, it'll be nice to kind of digest for on it on on all the moves and and everything for a week and then, you know, kind of come back with some stuff. So, uh, top ends, not this week, but we'll be back next week. And, uh, you know, I know the news about the NHL players came out this week. Uh, mm. it's obviously a difficult subject, uh, for a lot of people. Carter Hart should never wear a flyer sweater ever again. Nope. And I hope get him off my team. I hope that 
all of those NHL teams do right by their fans and allow uh, jersey kind of reconstruction and allow them to either swap out the jersey for a different jersey or replace the nameplate and number on their current jersey so that they uh, can continue wearing their jerseys because that's what the fans deserve. Do right by your fans. They bought the jersey initially. Let's get a jersey exchange. Do a jersey exchange. I saw somebody do a... A, a very smart pitch where it was uh, you get the Jersey exchange with like a, you, you do a donation to um, some of the organizations who are out there helping, you know, with sexual assault victims and, and things like that. I think that would be genius um, for those teams. So hopefully they do right by the fans and do it in a proper way to uh, bring light so that stuff like this never happens again. And uh, those five players, I hope they, rotten hell and you know never see ice again because they don't deserve it mm-hmm. um couldn't say it better that, myself other than that stay tuned for uh some good content coming out over the next couple of weeks with our golf podcast we were invited to the pxg store in king of prussia last weekend and uh mm-hmm. we filmed some awesome content out there it was an absolute blast and uh we got some good stuff coming out there Follow all of our podcasts. We got awesome content through the roof coming out over the next few weeks that you won't want to miss. And, uh, Dom, I'm putting this out there for everybody who has the ability to do so. I said it on the last episode. Um, I'm doing everyone a favor. Go into work the next day you work and request off Thursday, March 21st and Friday, March 22nd. And thank Underground Sports Philadelphia later. That way you have a nice four-day weekend for opening weekend of the NCAA basketball tournament. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. I My my next-door neighbor, the, one of the other math teachers that, that I teach with, he will most likely be doing that. <laughs> uh, he is a big college basketball guy. Uh, so I, I highly think that – I do think that he's going to do it. It's actually the, the same guy that uh, – I introduced you to uh, at the live tailgate that we had. Oh, true, true. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Big college basketball guy, big, yeah. big Phillies guy. So if we do, uh, if we do it like an opening weekend, oh, we will be thing too. You know, uh, he will most likely be out there. Mark your calendars. We've been asked a bunch. I think I brought this up last week too, but I've been asked a bunch. Uh, we're running it back March thirtieth for opening night. Yeah. With our first live tailgate podcast for Philly season. And then uh, 99% confirmed, uh, Monday, June 3rd, we will also have one for Reese Hoskins' return to Philadelphia. And then we're looking at some other dates as well. We might do an on-location event for the London series, which is later that week in June, uh, as the Phillies take on the Mets in London. And then uh, some other stuff along the way, who knows? But that's why you should subscribe, so that way you don't miss out on any of that good stuff. Um but yeah, take off of work. We're a month and a half away from Selection Sunday. Hey. Hey. Let's get it. And Let's you get already it. know. I selection, uh, selection Sunday happens and I don't know lacrosse season's on its way. So <laughs> <laughs> conjuring up some ideas for our uh, our bracket challenge and some interworkings with everybody who works for underground sports for some fun stuff. So you already know. We make a big deal out of March Madness at the at this company, so we're, we're a month and a half away from one of the bigger 
moments in in uh, your calendar year for sports. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to that. Uh, be sure to follow us on the socials at Underground PHI, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI. You can follow Dom on Twitter at a Harry Ape FUT. You can follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts in audio form. Really helps the show continue to grow, helps more people find the podcast and all of our shows in audio form. Leave a five-star review because that also goes a really long way for helping the show get eyes and ears on it. And, of course, subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's where you get full video episodes of this show twice a week and all of our podcasts on the network in full video form. You get live streams, clips, shorts, original video content all on our YouTube channel. So go subscribe. We're at 731 subscribers on that road to 1,000 get there sooner rather than later if you just hit that subscribe button yeah subscribe 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 it's or your easy. mom will hate you yeah we don't want moms hating you out no here. no we, we appreciate the moms out there that subscribe to underground sports philadelphia yep. be like the moms that subscribe and yep. join join the underground party go subscribe let's get to a thousand subscribers before we see uh, all of you that watch the video and don't subscribe exactly i've got we've got the data that means you. Go subscribe. You heard the man. Uh, smash that like button. Ring the bell icon and uh, comment down below. Oh, I want to bring this up real quick, too. Pat Pitts brought this up to me. I wanted to get your uh, answer for it. And we brought this up. Leave uh, a recommendation for what we should call this mini segment. It's like a would you rather and how the rights to Ricky Sanchez has like the uh, the jigsaw. We need a name for ours. Not that it's going to be uh, torturous every single time, but uh, Pitsy brought this up to me and said, would you rather have a Hall of Fame vote or host SNL? What do you mean have a Hall of Fame vote? So, like, be a Hall of Fame voter for your sport of choice. Or host SNL? Or host SNL for an episode. I'm not funny. So, I mean, like, some people find me funny. Like, I make some fun. (laughs) I'm not like a stand-up. Like the opening monologue for me would be terrible. Like <laughs> I would get chewed alive on Twitter, chewed alive, and then like certain parts of Twitter will be like, "Oh my god, this is absolutely awful!" Like you see, SNL is a declining show. Like, but you know, like, uh, yeah, I think I'd rather just like have a say in who makes the Hall of Fame. I then also put the spin on it that if you did host SNL, who would you want your musical guest to be? Mm. Because then you'd be, mm. ladies and gentlemen, insert musical guest name. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, who would be my guest? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to bring, like, the hood to SNL. <laughs> Uh, I think Daniel Craig ended up with the best one of all time, though, hmm. because he got the weekend, and now it's an ever-living post on Fridays. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. I think I would want some sort of, like, hardcore or, like, uh, post-hardcore or, like, pop-punk band that I used to listen to come do an acoustic set. Hmm. So, like, hey, everybody, this is Mayday Parade, and but, like, it's, like, an acoustic set by them. I like that. But I don't know if I want Mayday Parade because their songs are sad and <laughs> I don't want to like hurt the mood. 
you know, especially with an acoustic set, like yeah. something like maybe like a Chiodos acoustic set would be kind of cool. Like they just re-released their, their like, they did like an acoustic album with, mm-hmm. with Craig Owens and uh, they did like all their like most popular like songs from their like golden age, but they did it all acoustic. So it sounds really cool. So like probably something like that, that would be, that would probably be my musical guest. I like that. Um, so yeah, let us know in the YouTube comment section again, would you rather have a hall of fame vote or host SNL? And, uh, of course this show is presented by the city of Vineland and whether you're a company looking to expand, relocate, or you're a new business startup, selecting the right location is critical to your success. Vineland, New Jersey offers both an affordable business location and an excellent quality of life. The city's economic development department is a one-stop source for moving your project through the development and approval process. And their goal is to make this process as smooth as possible and to provide the fastest turnaround times in the region. If you're considering potential locations for your operation, contact the Vineland Economic Development Team at 856-794-4100. That's 856-794-4100. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. And big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. It's been episode number 608 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Dom, I'm KB. Go sports. Go Phils. Go Sixers. Go sports. And uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one. But until then, we're getting the heck up out of here. We're signing off. Peace. Go go sports. (laughs)